Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. Here's a weird story for you. I told you that after I traveled to Area 51 and discovered the time anomaly out in the desert on the way, some very weird things started happening, uh, I mean, just as soon as this was presented by the media, literally within, you know, within a couple of hours, I started getting all these alerts that somebody's trying to hack into my systems, and I had to go and change my passwords, and uh, a lot of very sort of weird things have happened in terms of just strange folks that I just keep running into over and over again, and, you know, again, maybe I'm just being paranoid, but here is a good one. So, I told you in the last podcast that I was contacted by a man who lives near Las Vegas. His name is Sean Kevin Jason. And once I posted the GPS coordinates of the spot where I recorded the time anomaly, uh, he immediately posted on my Facebook page that that was the exact spot where he had a significant close encounter back in uh, 1996 or 97 and uh, like a giant Spielberg-esque type craft that appeared overhead except in this case it was triangular with beams of light shining down etc and so uh, he and I of course have continued to correspond and uh, I told him that I would definitely like to get together with him and go out to that spot and uh, measure that spot with him there and have him tell me exactly what he saw and how how everything looked and make sure that this is documented properly. So we, we've been working on plans to do that. And of course, after I do that, guess who's going to hear about the results first? You are, because I'm going to give the results on this podcast. So that's a very good reason to listen to this podcast. But he told me, that uh, his story has been featured in two different books. And so uh, immediately I went and ordered those two books. One of them is called Somewhere in the Skies, A Human Approach to an Alien Phenomenon. And that book is written by a journalist named Ryan Sprague. And get a load of this. Turns out the foreword written by Micah Hanks. Micah Hanks is my cousin. For decades, he and I have worked on investigations together. And, of course, next month in August, Micah will be one of the folks featured at George Norrie Live in Asheville, North Carolina, along with myself. So that was pretty cool. But anyway, I ordered this book. And I order stuff all the time off of the internet I mean to me it's just the greatest thing in the world because not only is it uh, usually the best deal you're going to get for whatever you're going to buy but also I mean now boom it's there the next day I mean if you live in a in a big city uh, here in the U.S. I mean like for example here in Las Vegas they've got an Amazon facility of some kind right down the road and I mean your stuff is there the next day so it's really cool so I have a condo here in Las Vegas and so you know I I order things and uh, usually um, because of how everything's set up um, the delivery person will just you know leave it outside my door and I've done that many many times and 
nothing weird has ever happened except this time when I ordered these books about this case so I got I, I woke up kind of late today it was I was up all night working on stuff and I woke up late and I had the text from Amazon saying that uh, one of my books had been delivered so I opened my door and here's the package but guess what it's been opened it's actually been very nicely opened um, not like torn apart someone you know very carefully sliced the top off of this package so I'm like what the hell so I open the thing up and I pull out the copy of the book just as I was expecting called Somewhere in the Skies but then there's a handwritten note inside and I'm looking at it right now and this writing to me looks like a man's handwriting and I'm pretty good at handwriting analysis and it says hey buddy package was sitting in front of my door I too am expecting a package I didn't even pay attention and opened it sorry didn't realize it had your name on it my bad and there's no name or any other identifying elements here this actually looks like sort of a piece of scrap paper and um, so I have no idea who wrote this where it came from now you can look at that and you can say well yeah, it's just an honest honest mistake you know obviously some neighbor of yours accidentally got the package and was nice enough to to put it where it belonged but I just thought it was very ironic that under these circumstances that the one package that would be opened with a little note in it is this package containing this book which talks about this guy's case with a close encounter when he and I are days away from going to this site together and I'm not going to tell you exactly when I'm going to do it for obvious reasons but we're going to go there and um, we're going to document whatever we can uh, and it's going to be I think pretty remarkable but that said I have the book here and so I want to read you just some passages about uh, this fellow's experience according to this book so again his name is Sean Kevin Jason he's lived around here for a long time uh, it says here that this happened in 1996 and one of the, and I'm not going to read the whole thing but because uh, it's this is several pages but I will tell you it's kind of odd because it starts with him being at work he worked at a restaurant back then and all of a sudden he just got this strange sensation that he needed to go out into the desert as a matter of fact it wasn't a pleasant sensation it actually made him feel kind of nauseated but it was so powerful that uh, he was going to go clock out and ask if he could go home early um, and it turns out that uh, his manager was going to let him go home early anyway because it was a slow night it, to me the, uh, when I, I started reading this and it re reminded me of the Richard Dreyfus role in Close Encounters of the Third Kind where it's just like certain people for some reason that we don't explain feel compelled and in a worst case scenario obsessed 
um, to go out and and make contact and they're sort of led to do this by some kind of mental mechanism that uh, is mysterious so anyway he's driving out there uh, and this is you know uh, nine ten o'clock at night so very dark and uh, if this happened as he is telling me it did at the spot where i got my time warp anomaly i'm telling you there's nothing out there it's just dark spooky desert and so uh, as he was driving, he saw some lights up ahead, and at first he assumed that it might have been somebody who was broken down on the side of the road. Now, when you live in a community like this, uh, especially back in those days when uh, cell phone signals were super sketchy, a lot of people still didn't even have cell phones in 1996, um, but uh, to this day, it's hard to get a cell phone signal. So the, it, there's, it's kind of like a, a normal neighborly thing. If you see somebody who's broken down on the side of the road out in the desert, you, you pull over and you help them out before a serial killer comes along and, and, and has his way with them, right? You know, that's just sort of a, a kind uh, rule of thumb here. So anyway, he saw these lights, and so he starts slowing down, and then he realized very quickly that this was no car on the side of the road. Uh, and then he starts trying to figure out, well, is this a, like, is this a, a police helicopter or um, you know something like that? But once he pulls over, then it, you know he he's able to very quickly realize that this is something completely freaky and extraordinary and here is how he describes it according to this book um says within moments he found himself directly underneath them and they were talking about these lights quite a sight to behold he said quote there were nine white lights in total i could make out a large black triangle against the night sky it was equilateral in shape with pointed corners it was only about 20 feet off the ground the front point of the triangle was directly over my head its rear extended across the road and many feet off into the desert from the front point to the center of its rear i would say the ufo was about 30 feet wide the craft was low enough to the ground that my view of the horizon north of me was being blocked by it end quote uh he describes a little bit more uh quote the lights were perfectly round the face of the lights appeared to be made of glass they were flat or flush with the surface of the craft inside the lights was an inverted chrome colored cone so anyway at one point he gets some binoculars out uh he keeps binoculars in his car and this thing's like sitting there hovering in the, the sky over him silently for like 10 minutes so he goes and he gets some binoculars but as soon as he grabs the binoculars he turns around boom this thing's gone so it's it's not like some balloon that's sort of drifting away it's gone and then he realizes that it now appears to be about a mile away um and so he's looking at it now through the binoculars and he said this is when he noticed that it wasn't actually black but more of a charcoal color it was moving at a steady pace but was drawing near a mountain for a moment he thought it was going to crash right into the rocky terrain but as it reached the mountain it seemed to almost climb the surface and float right over completely disappearing out of sight 
yet again. Uh, it says, although this was the end of the events that night, Sean drove home with a wary eye on the skies above him. So, uh, what what an experience, huh? Uh, again, that's a passage from uh, this book called Somewhere in the Skies, A Human Approach to an Alien Phenomenon by Ryan Sprague, uh, Ryan Spra- Sprague, I guess, uh, foreword by Micah Hanks, and um, somewhereinthesky.com is Ryan Sprague's um, email, uh, I'm sorry, his uh, website address. Um, so I can't wait to go out into the desert with this man who experienced this that just so happened coincidentally to occur at the spot where I documented a time anomaly. What's going to happen? Well, I tell you one thing. I'm going to have my paratemporal night vision goggles. And again, these are special night vision goggles that are examined and calibrated just for paranormal research. Uh, paratemporal.com is uh, where you get those at. I'm going to have the paratemporal night vision goggles. I'm going to have the DT meter uh, created by Ron Heath and some other devices. And uh, we're going to go out there at night and we're going to see just what the heck happens and i will be reporting that to you on this podcast so make sure you listen and if you want to stay up to date just go to joshuapwarren.com and you'll find a a button that says podcast and when you click that button uh, you can subscribe through various means or just follow me on twitter at joshua p warren and i'll tweet when a new one is available also if you go to joshuapwarren.com you'll see big yellow letters at the top that say something like joshua is coming to los angeles and that's because i am producing a wishing machine workshop in los angeles this year only 49 tickets total will be sold and so if you want to be a part of that and come see me in person uh, you'll find all the information there at the top of the page at joshuapwarren.com all right that's it for uh, this particular podcast Uh, i think i'm going to be leaving some very exciting ones for you in the near future so that said uh, thank you for listening thank you for your support and your interest and you know thank you for staying curious and i will talk to you again soon.